Hey, it's Alifia. And it's Edgar. And welcome to the Minority Report. This week, we talk about DNA tests, Jamal Khashoggi, and Paul McCartney. Stay tuned. Okay, so um, this weekend... There's been okay, so there's been a lot of uh, things going on that we haven't covered, um, but this weekend there was this story, huge story, uh, that is right up our alley as the Minority <laughs> Report. Um, so uh, we're gonna focus on this story and then cover um, another one later. Uh, gonna do sort of a, a, a shorter uh, episode, more news focused episode this week. Um, but anyways, let's just jump right into it elizabeth warren uh senator um elizabeth warren who many people consider to be one of the potential front runners for president in 2020 democratic nominee for president um just thoughts and feelings on elizabeth warren before we get into this i mean as a politician mm-hmm. pre talking about the story <laughs> Yeah, I do like Elizabeth Warren as a politician. Um, I agree with most of her viewpoints. Obviously, not everything, but I do appreciate her progressive views, and I appreciate especially the fact that like she is a more fiscally minded Democratic politician, which is interesting. Um, a lot of her work has been on the Senate Finance Committee, and I think especially with the um wells fargo hearings it was really like a chance Mm. for her to like go after go after the banks and i think she made really great points um so yeah i mean generally (laughs) as a politician and viewpoint wise i I like elizabeth because i I know it's coming we have to quantify this before we get into the story like (laughs) i know it's coming and i'm just like okay i can't give the broad i like elizabeth warren because i know it's coming i mean you can like elizabeth warren i mean people people are complicated let's just okay let's just get people are complicated let's just get into but like i like her as a politician i will say that so let's just get into it elizabeth warren of course um one of the, uh, the the things surrounding her um, is this notion of her Native American um, ancestry and heritage. She has claimed um, that she has uh, Native American um, ancestry, and she's been, um, you know, uh, championed as someone who is Native American um, by a lot of people, but also rejected by a lot of people, including a lot of tribes. Um, and, uh, you know, most famously, Donald Trump has gone after her claims of being um, of Native American ancestry by calling her Pocahontas, uh, which is just all sorts of wrong for so many so reasons. Many. <laughs> just terrible thing to say. Like, um, what the? F- I mean, like so, you never, you every time he does something bad, it's just like, all right, just add it to the list, I guess. So um, I guess it was two. I guess, it's so wild. Two years ago now. Um, Warren was, you know, one of those like leading voices against Trump and Trump, um, of course, making fun of, um, her supposed ancestry also said, I would donate, I will donate $1 million to a charity of your choosing. Speaking to Elizabeth Warren, if you can prove to me that, um, you have native American ancestry, 
so uh, in the last couple days, Elizabeth Warren has done just that. She took a DNA test, um, which uh, proved that she has at least one uh, Native American ancestor in her past. And we'll get into some of the details and some of the numbers in a little bit because they're uh, pretty interesting. Um, and she called out President Trump and she tweeted about it. And she said, hey, I want you to give one million dollars. Um, and I have the, um, hold on, let me, let me pull it up. I have the charity, um, that she wants Donald Trump to support with the more. national indigenous women yes, center. You got it. Yes. Uh, which helps indigenous women who are victims of violence, uh, which is a noteworthy cause. So we recommend you look that up. Um, Donald Trump of course was asked about this and he said, um, <laughs> He said, uh, no, I never made that claim, even though it was uh, at a recorded rally. There is literally uh, footage it's of this. It's on tape. It's on tape. There's <laughs> footage of this. Uh, and then he said, uh, who cares? Which we're going to get into that statement because in a, in a weird way, he's not wrong about that. And we're going to get into that. Um, the who cares statement. Uh, but okay. So she claims uh, she has one Native American ancestor. Uh, and it's been proven by DNA, and this caused a huge uh, frenzy in the media. Um, a lot of people uh, um, had headlines about this, major newspapers, uh, Boston Globe, New York Times, Washington Post, that kind of stuff. Um, and it also made all the rounds in the major news networks uh, on television. This was a huge uh, story, and it's, you know, I, I even got, I remember I got a phone alert about this, and it's like, it is so real that we're getting phone alerts about someone claiming uh, uh, ancestry and the DNA being proven <laughs> correct, which is just, it's a wild, weird thought about that. I um, saw the notification come up on my phone and I was like, I, like, I don't okay. want to read this today. Yeah, like, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, bef before we get into all that, because really interestingly, this, uh, uh, this like media outpouring of support sort of turned sour on Elizabeth uh, Warren. Um, and we'll get into why and all the different reasons and all the things. And uh, especially we'll get into how Native Americans uh, feel about Warren's claims. Uh, but before we get into that, let's I, I figured actually this episode, um, we can do sort of two things. One, talk a little more in depth about Elizabeth Warren because she's a very important political figure. Um, and also sort of talk about um, DNA and DNA testing and um, how we feel about it. Now, this won't be a DNA testing episode. I kind of think we need to do a episode on DNA testing and DNA okay. and race, because um, there's a lot of, um, you know, caveats and complications when dealing with that, especially, really cool. especially with people of color um, and, and more on that later. But yeah. Okay. Let's just get into sort of the back story here. So Warren uh, faced some backlash um, pretty recently when she claimed, um, well, okay. So she faced backlash because people were sort of calling out or calling attention to the fact that in the early 80 or the late 80s early 90s um when she was a law professor in harvard um there was this like clear distinction when she started identifying as a native american uh woman instead of a white woman um and now you know if you've ever seen elizabeth warren just on the surface level she looks like a white woman i mean yeah. you know blonde hair blue-eyed white woman um but she sort of 
switched and her claim to her Native American ancestry was family lore. She claimed these were stories that her mother told her, uh, passed down by her family. Um, and Harvard, the university she taught at, actually um, touted this. They claimed she was their first um, minority um, law professor. Like that's oh, dear. A, Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so she was claimed as a law professor. Um, many Native groups came out against her and criticized her for this. Um, they claimed... Uh, and there's like many instances where one, they claim she never, she, she's claiming this Native American ancestry when it benefits her, but she never did anything, especially as a senator, um, to advance Native people's rights or to call attention to Native people's rights. Um, and she also uh, refused to meet with Native tribes twice. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a pretty damning thing right there. Um, you know, it's pretty like, bad. if you're going to claim you're Native American and you refuse to meet with Native Americans, that is not quite not good. Uh, of course, there's more to the story um, and, and we're not going to get into all those details, but um, it is something that happened. So that's all in the past um, today. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, uh, Trump has latched onto this. A lot of conservatives have lo- latched onto this because it's sort of one of um Warren's um, weak po- weak points, if you will. Uh, she doesn't have many, but this is one thing they can sort a... of focus on. Attack her. It was a bad move. Yeah. It was a bad <laughs> move. So, um, <laughs> you know, Tr- Donald Trump famously calls her Pocahontas, um, and he claimed that he would give one million dollars to a charity of her choice. Uh, so Senator Warren decided to see if he would pay up, and she took this test, and this test revealed. Okay, so I'm going to read this out to you. It revealed that she is within 1 and 1,024th and 132nd Native American. That is, uh, those are interesting numbers right there. And it's, and it's not, a very big margin. Yes, and it's uh, e- either of those numbers is a very small margin, I mean, too. It's a, it's a big margin for a small percentage. Exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. Um, so... uh so whenever she revealed this and like i said initially there was this like outpouring of uh people very excited about especially on social media um definitely calling trump out um there was also a lot of sort of media coverage about it but then uh very quickly actually things sort of just turned and uh both republicans and democrats uh had some pretty um interesting um not criticisms, but, you know, questions like thoughts, uh, thoughts and feelings on this. Um, you know, Republicans slashed onto this idea of one and 1,024th and 132nd. Well, of course they would go on the low end. Which is like, you know, um, but I mean, if you're thinking about, if you're like a political strategist and you see that number, that's like the number you use. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And that's like, of course you, it is. you almost can't even blame the Republicans. It's like you're handing it to them. You it's know? like the most obvious yes. move. Yes. Um, so uh, Democrats really uh, initially, although they were uh, support supportive of this, and I shouldn't say just Democrats and Republicans, by the way, it's just conservatives, liberals. It's a spectrum, you know, the whole thing. Uh, but a lot of Democrats, especially, uh, and now we're talking party here because we're talking midterms, a lot of Democrats starting to call out Warren uh, for making this move um, so close to midterms. And by, she's had years to make this move. Yeah. You know what I mean? She had years to do this. Like, this was obviously timed out. 
Exactly. And a lot of people were like, was this a selfish move uh, to sort of set up a, a, p- a potential presidential run in 2020 by sort of just getting this out of the way, just getting it out? Yes, I have Native American ancestry. Um, but it's not like... I know. It's it, it's a skeleton in the closet that they're trying right. to dig out. Right. I mean, yes. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, and it's like, uh, you know, but both both Dems and Republicans have like valid questions here, and and they're sort of like you know what what's going on here? Like what? Uh, it, Everyone's confused by this move. It's just a very no, confusing the, move. The timing makes no sense. So the Cherokee Other Nation than, like, um, midterms. Yes, the Cherokee Nation, which is the tribe that she uh, she doesn't claim allegiance or she doesn't claim that she's part of the tribe because um, uh, that's a very complicated thing in. Um, just in American society, American government, American history, claiming uh, being part of a tribe. And maybe that could be its own whole episode. So we won't focus on that. But she doesn't quite necessarily claim. I mean, especially um, Cherokee, because I feel right. like that's one of the more well-known she, Exactly. Nations. She doesn't necessarily claim uh, 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 being part of that tribe, but she um, that's what her heritage um, is. Anyways, the Cherokee Nation... Um, came out strongly against Warren here. Uh, and here's a choice quote that I have um, made by Cherokee Nation's uh, Secretary of State, Chuck Hoskin Jr. Using a DNA test to lay claim to any connection to the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. Those are very strong words. Uh, he continued, it makes a mockery out of DNA tests and it in its le- its legitimate uses, okay, hold on. It makes a mockery of DNA tests and its legitimate uses, while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens, whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Damn, that is strong condemnation. That is not that is not good. Uh, I will point out that he uh, uh, Hoskin Jr. also came out against Trump, and he said, um, you know. Donald Trump should not be calling her Pocahontas, um, but instead should be looking into what the needs of the Indian country are because the needs are there, which is very valid. Um, So this is when you start to see the media sort of turn against, um, uh, you know, Warren here. Um, And here's a quote from the New York Times. Liberals as well as conservatives said Miss Warren had still not adequately addressed why she changed her ethnic identity from white to Native American as a law professor in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Um, th- I mean, <laughs> fair, right? Like, that's a very fair uh, point. So this brings up a lot of uh, just really m- major questions here. And I'll go through these, but then we'll just sort of talk about this because it's a lot to digest and break down. Um, First question, really, why are um, people, but especially, uh, well, Americans, but especially white Americans so obsessed with DNA tests and ancestry? That could be its own other episode, too. I have so many theories (laughs) on why. Uh, Why do DNA, uh, why does the DNA industry favor white people? And that's like an actually proven thing. Uh, white people can be linked to direct groups of people and countries when doing DNA tests, uh, but minority participants uh, receive much vaguer uh, reports. 
Um, what are the accuracy of DNA tests? And this is where it gets really tricky because DNA isn't a, 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 an exact science like we are led to believe by, um, by movies um, and, and television show and media. DNA is actually um, quite complicated and you can have a set of identical twins, identical twins who have slightly different DNA. And the reason is because the amount of DNA that you receive from your father and your mother um, varies. It's not exact. It's not an exact science. So um, you could be genetically similar, but also different in many ways. Um, and when you're looking back at heritage and variants in heritage, uh, it could mean the difference between had a, having Native American heritage or not. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's very hard uh, to pinpoint that. Um, but anyways, like I said, we probably need to do a episode focused on DNA tests because it is obviously a growing industry uh, and it's bringing up a lot of questions. So with all that said, uh, how are we feeling about this? How are we feeling about Elizabeth Warren making this claim? How are we feeling about DNA tests in general, how are we feeling about Elizabeth Warren, uh, Donald Trump, conservatives? What's going on here? This is complex. I mean, it was, like I said earlier, a bad move. It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, um, if she was going to... Mm. Uh, Why? Like, Why? This My whole thing is like, we didn't have Why? To do, we didn't have to do it, you know? No, exactly. Like, it didn't have to happen. No. Everybody would have forgotten about it. Like, I had forgotten about it. I know Donald Trump called her Pocahontas famously, but like right. it wasn't top of mind for yeah, you. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't top of mind. It's not top of mind for most people when referencing Elizabeth Warren. No. You know? Well, I, I mean, not conservatives definitely comes Con- top of mind. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um I mean, I feel some type of way about her changing her ethnic identity while she was a law professor and but which, by the way, changing ethnic, like that is a very complex thing. Yeah. And we'll get into that in a future episode, what you identify with. And that can change in different stages of it's your true. life. Uh, that's actually like, that's actually a thing. Um, but uh, I guess what people have a problem with is that, you know, Elizabeth Warren has never adequately explained it. Yeah, I think that's the bigger issue. Like, there's still no explanation. Um, and even her sort of quote-unquote claiming it now and claiming it in the past like there needs to be actual action on her part to help the tribal nations and the native nations in the states i mean i obviously don't know all of elizabeth warren's legislation and everything she's done like the back of my hand but come on olivia you need to you need to have this on i hand. know no, no. but like i'm assuming yeah. there's not there's been no very she's, little. She's definitely been attacked for it, and, and it's like very little if, done for if them. If you're someone who's claiming this, like you would think it would show up in um, the laws you make, right? Yeah. So I think you know. I think um, Chuck Hoskin Jr. has a like strong point, but very valid. You right. know, um, right? Like using claims to a tribal nation in order to advance your agenda while not right. actually being involved or which um, is a problem caring about the needs of mm-hmm. a tribal nation is not okay it's a, and, you know it, it, and it's an like it's an actual problem a lot of people claim um native heritage um without necessarily aligning with the tribe without doing anything for a tribe 
but sort of can experience some of the um, few benefits. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can identify as a Native American think, when you're yeah. piling for call. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, let me use. Right. Let me use it to my advantage in certain circumstances where I know exactly. it's going to be. Exactly. You know, a boon for me. Right. Even though I've, you know, I don't know. I just feel some type of way about Super people gross. claiming things. Um, when a your connection to it is limited right and b you're not exactly doing anything to i mean especially in a political context or for college applications like stuff like that i mean i think there is something to be said about Losing your connection to a culture and then finding it again um, or, you know, having this loose connection to a culture and really not caring about it, but still belonging. Like I know a lot of I know a lot of South Asian people who are South Asian, you know, racially, ethnically, but they they're just like, but no, I'm American. (laughs) So it's really interesting because. and like I said, we need to do a whole episode on uh, tribal politics and um, Indian tribes in the United States because you, I mean, there are you know majority white chiefs in uh, Indian in Native American nations. That is a thing that happens. It is not necessarily a thing that discredits someone from yeah. claiming allegiance to a certain. Uh, tribe or nation at all like it's actually um you know something that's encouraged in certain cases and and we can get into that but that's not what elizabeth warren has done and i think that's where a lot of the criticisms uh come in um and and it's like it's almost not even i guess the the question becomes is it really a racial thing or is it a heritage thing Um, And and that's an interesting question there. And I'm not entirely sure. Um, I have a lot of complicated feelings here. I've grown up uh, here in Texas hearing a lot of people claiming uh, Native American ancestry. Of course, uh, Native Americans had a huge presence in Texas. Um, uh, It's, you know, there's a recorded history here, all of the uh, Southwest too, Um, all over really. but especially around here. Um, and also, you know, I am a person of a native background. Uh, of course I also have European background, uh, a little bit different. I am from also from North America, but in Mexico, uh, tribes are not viewed the same as they are in the United States in the United States to claim indigenous heritage. You must be affiliated or aligned with a certain tribe uh, recognized by the U.S. So a lot of um, uh, Latinx people in the United States who identify as indigenous um, aren't counted that way, which is an interesting uh, uh, topic, and it has to do with an actual land border. So it's very interesting there. Uh, but still, if we take that land border away, I do feel way as someone who has indigenous uh, 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 you know, heritage. I do feel a way about someone claiming it and not doing anything to advance the indigenous peoples. Claiming it to their for their advantage, exactly. you know, exactly. And this doesn't take away a a, a lot. Like, okay, I, I I don't know how to exactly word it. I still like if it's Elizabeth Warren versus Donald Trump, 
I will still vote for Elizabeth Warren. I mean, yeah. I am putting all that out there. But at the same time, I definitely feel a way about a, a majority white person. She does have, you know, Native American heritage, but I do feel a way about a majority white person uh, using this in a way, in a political way, even if it's good or bad. It's it's gross to me. And, and I think that's what Hoskin Jr. was saying here. He was like, it's just inappropriate. It's just, even, yeah, it's just gross. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's like good or bad, like it's inappropriate that you're using it as a political move. And don't get me wrong. This is what this was. She was calling out Donald Trump. She used Native Americans to uh, attack Donald Trump. She used them as a vessel to uh, discredit Donald Trump. And it's like, that's dis- I'm sorry, but that's disgusting. It's gross. It's gross. Like, I'm sorry, but it is. And that's how I feel. And I know a lot of people may feel differently about that. A lot of Native people may feel differently about that. Um, and like I said, my, na- my Native uh, uh, heritage, uh, while North American, is uh, uh, from Mexico. It's not from the United States. And there are some differences there. But And I don't know exactly how all uh, Native peoples of the U.S. feel, but it's very obvious that a lot of people in the Cherokee Nation are not okay with this. Um, But then it just sort of brings up bigger questions about DNA and ancestry and why, you know, uh, white Americans especially are so obsessed with uh, their heritage and why there are so many tools uh, to help them track down their heritage and it can get really creepy super quick like look how pure and white my ancestors you know what i mean or yeah or how about look, look at, at this. how many places in europe or, my family right or the from. you know the, the other side of the coin oh look you know i, I have heritage from cuba from oh, yeah. north africa you know and then they start claiming things uh that they shouldn't necessarily be claiming not saying they can't because it's a very complicated thing and i'm not someone to judge but you know, claiming things that they probably shouldn't be claiming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. I don't know. I've always, I don't know. I've always found those DNA tests to be like, at least for me personally, I would, super weird. (laughs) I would never do it because I already know what it's going to come back with. I'm just all brown. I might be like a little bit white because of, you know, colonization, but like, yeah. It's just going to be all brown. Right. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Right. Um, it, it, it's an interesting thing. And it's, you know, it, I think it might be a cultural thing, too, because in the U.S., there, you know, uh, there's this sort of obsession with the family tree. Yeah, and, that's true. Um, which a lot of countries don't really have. Like, that's not a, a thing that they're necessarily concerned with. Some are, but uh, um, many are not. Um, so that that's sort of one aspect of it. Uh, but just beyond just like the weirdness of it. Um, and, and like you said, uh, you already know what you are. Uh, I would be sort of interested to see a DNA test just because I am a mixed race individual. Yeah. Um, uh, although I can, you know, just generally guess, obviously, Spain, Portugal, uh, and the indigenous peoples of Mexico. That's per- the majority of my makeup. <laughs> but the, there might be something thrown in there. Some fun. But uh at the end of the day, like who cares? Like I am who I, you know what I mean? Like I am who I am, identify as who I identify and also who society sees me at, which again, Elizabeth Warren has the luxury of being seen as a white woman. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. where it, you know, people take offense and people say, Hey, maybe this isn't necessarily the way to go. Uh, so I, I guess 
all that to say, I have very complicated feelings about that. I would still vote for Elizabeth Warren over Donald Trump because I agree with her in a lot of different ways. But I think this was a political move that should not have been made and it backfired on her. And I'm sorry, but like, it's just not smart. It's not smart. Like you, you did this to yourself. Um, like, and I don't you know. Should have known. And I don't know. I, I know a lot of people may feel different. And I know a lot of um, our friends who are white may, uh, you know, see, we still need us back Warren. We still need to support Warren. I'm not saying I'm not going to support Warren. I'm obviously not running into the arms of Donald Trump. That's not going to happen in a million years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just uh, sometimes you don't want to see that stuff. And it's fucked up that they use race and heritage and culture as a political device. Yeah. And I mean, I think especially with politicians, they're working for you. So you got to you got to criticize. Exactly. You got to be like, hey, exactly. you're not doing this right. Um, exactly. That doesn't mean we're that doesn't mean you're going to cast someone totally aside because they do, you no, know, like they make not. a bad political move. That's like no. sort of gross and unsavory. No, um, I think there's a difference between that and a lot of other political moves. Um, but you still have to criticize <laughs> <laughs> you still have to call exactly. them out for like the shitty things they do you yeah. know you yeah. can't just like blindly be like they don't call them out because otherwise you know yeah i, I mean and it, it it can be a hard that that's a hard line to to walk to and i remember we you know we, we've had conversations about this but just in general you know a lot of liberal people have had this conversation about the 2016 election and the way that bernie and hillary were treated um, and they were like, maybe we should have band together sooner and we could have avoided Donald Trump. Of course, hindsight 2020. Um, and I feel like this is definitely very different. I know we're during midterms. Um, I think this was a dumb move, but um, I don't think it necessarily changes. To, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, uh, this may, you know, galvanize Republicans, but um, I, I kind of have a feeling it doesn't necessarily change anything because Republicans were going to vote or we're going to vote against Warren anyway and uh liberal people were still gonna vote for war you know what i mean like didn't necessarily quite change anything so at the end of the day it makes it even worse because uh, you use native americans as a political point for nothing yeah uh, so elizabeth warren i know you are listening to this episode because you are a loyal the minority report listener because you want to hear the voice of people of color and you think it is very important if you are listening um Maybe reconsider. Maybe think things a little bit through. Stop using native people as your pawns. Yes. Uh, I would uh, deeply appreciate that. Uh, if <laughs> Listeners, if you feel differently, if you have uh, other ideas, feel free to reach out to us. This is just how I feel. This is how Olivia feels. It's just how we feel. It's gross. Uh, anyways, moving on. Um, another major... Wor- this is, we're moving on uh, from the U.S. World yes. story here. World global. Global politics. Yes. Global intrigue. Yes. I was telling Edgar this is some like spy level fucked up shit. Yes. Let's let's get into the story because there's a lot of implications uh, for countries around the world, including the U.S. Yes. Um, so this story has been in development since last week. Um, a well-known Saudi journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, um, disappeared after walking into the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey to get some documents. His fiance was waiting outside. He said, oh, wow. I'm going in. If I don't come out, call this person. 
there was a couple a few hours went by oh, can he you imagine never that? oh my god i know he never came out um and that's basically where the story started um turkey who has a little bit of a rivalry going on with saudi right now they are not on the best terms said something happened they connect him they killed him something happened but he didn't come out he's not on the security cameras check the saudi cams because you're gonna see that he went in and he never came out um initially the saudi arabian government and the consulate was claiming like he came out. Oh, wow. You just must have missed him, his to his fiance. Like oh my he came God. out, but you must have missed him. Oh, that's um, terrible. And so for a little while, there was this back and forth where Turkey was like, he didn't come out, and Sally was like, no, he did. Um, and then it was revealed that Sally had flown in a few a few diplomats, a few people. Mm. Um, on a private plane, they'd come into the country with a fucking bone saw. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, oh, that's disgusting. Yep, yep. Um, and there's been, you know, a why, also why is there like why is bone saw not to make light of this, but why is bone saw like a term? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just saw, but there's a saw that cuts bones. I guess for like animals, but anyways, moving on. And humans in surgery. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> surgery is a, a thing that happens. You're right. You're right. Um, um, the Saudi government still claiming that they had nothing to do with his disappearance, that these were tourists that had gone, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. So the story's been developing. Um, the U.S. has had to get involved now because, hey, guess who we're friends with? Both. Both of these. Both. <laughs> yes. Uh, we enjoy very close ties with Saudi Arabia. Yep. For oil. Um, so, this has kind of been the situation. Mm-hmm. What's complicated for Saudi is that their prince, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, has been running this fairly successful campaign to be seen as a reformer in mm. the west mm. he's been i see where this opening is going. up sports stadiums mm. and movie theaters in saudi he's been going on tours in the u.s assuring people and his investors that like the Saudi government is strong and the finances are good and keep working with us. Look at all the good that we're doing in our country. Um, women are now allowed to drive. So he's been trying to tout himself as this, report, as this reformer and it's been going pretty well. And then this happens. A major violation on free speech because this was a journalist who was outspoken mm-hmm. against the Saudi government um and against the royal family and this is kind of seen as like an old school send a message sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. situation um obviously the royals have completely denied any involvement or knowledge um what they are claiming currently is that there was a saudi official who is authorized to interrogate Khashoggi mm. and that he went rogue and the interrogation went too far mm-hmm. and he 
and he might have ended up dying. They, they're still not like, <laughs> they're still not given the yes or the no. Right. Yes. But bone saw interrogation, of course. Bone, but the evidence is pretty damning. I mean, even yeah, the, this, look, this looks terrible. Like it looks just so on a global bad. scale. On a global scale, so it looks bad. so bad. Um, I mean, John Oliver just did a story about it. And even the, <laughs> the men who came in, um, who were, you know, sort of accused of being some of the people to carry out the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, they were interviewed and they were like, so why did you go to this like suburban as part of Turkey? And they're like, our friends told us that we, sh- that we absolutely had to go and we had to visit and we had to see it. And it's just like, it's so transparent. Yeah. It's so transparent. Uh, I mean, this is a tragedy. A man. Right. It's just like was on basic level. It's a human rights violation. It's a human rights violation. Government it's a tragedy. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. So, uh, you know, the U.S.'s involvement here, um, wh- wh- where does this, you know, leave the U.S.? And I remember uh, one of the big things that had come out was Donald Trump had come out strongly against Saudi Arabia at first. But then it sort of seemed like he took it back, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, he was I saying mean, something about rogue killers. Yes. So the U.S.'s situation in this is very interesting. As we mentioned earlier, we're friends with both Turkey and Saudi. Right. We enjoy economic you know, economic relationships with both of them. We obviously love the sweet, sweet Saudi oil and Turkey is in a very, um, at least trade wise and a very advantageous position between Europe and Asia. Like both of these are important, important partners. Just the geography of it being between Europe and, you know, the Middle East. Um, so, you know, um, both of these countries are very important trade partners for the U S and initially, Donald Trump had come out and said, we're going to get to the bottom of this, um, no matter who it is, and there will be consequences, cough, cough, sanctions, cough, cough. Right. Which any, like, if that's what is, you would expect the U.S. Yeah. to do. Right. Like If it's found out that the Saudi government had any involvement in the disappearance of Jamal Khashoggi. Yep. Um, but Donald Trump talked to, and I want to... Saudi is very interesting in the sense that the king is still alive, but the print, the crown prince MBS has really taken over mm-hmm. as the lead. Um, but Donald Trump had talked to the king of Sa- of the Saudi government, and um, basically the king was just like they were rogue killers doing the whole Saudi bit, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was rogue killers and his interrogation gone wrong. We had no idea. Right. right. Um, it and was as a- we know, Donald Trump is very easily influenced. By the last person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yep. So after that, Donald Trump came out and said, you know, we still don't know what happened, but um, the king very sternly assured me that they had no involvement and that it might have been rogue killers. So not like really making a commitment, but you know, enough to be like, oh, wow, you're you're kind of buying this, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously still an 
ongoing story. Um, it's so crazy because it's like I feel in the last recent, let's say, three years, we've uh, maybe four, we've been hearing about stuff that you would necessarily only think about in movies. You've seen like governments full on do uh, pretty horrible things. Um, Russia poison its own citizens on foreign soil poisoned two uh, ex-spies in no a spy and his daughter in the uk uh you saw russia take over a whole country like it's, literally it's russia crazy. hacked into america uh, yes hacked our election uh but also like they literally just took over a country and, and the whole world was like oh, okay uh, obama of course came out with sanctions but they pretty much got away with it. Um, and, and not, you know, I'm focusing on Russia here a little bit, but a bunch of different countries all over the world have sort of been uh, more uh, ablazing about some of their uh, things that they've done. And of course, this is a little bit different. They didn't necessarily expect it to blow up like this, but it did. Um, it's it- for real some, like, I when I when I talked about Edgar, I was like, have you heard about this? It's some, like, spy yeah. movie shit. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's horrible. Yeah, no, it's like an episode of uh, Jack Ryan or whatever on Amazon. You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, I can see Jim going out there from the office trying to figure this out. But anyways, um, I shouldn't be making light of this. But uh, it's just just really strange uh, uh, to sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like... We can all, see, you know, we all see it. We all know what's going on. Like, are like, we really gonna buy this excuse? But at the same time, who what comes in with a bone saw? Right, but it's like at the same time, is the U.S. really gonna do anything about it? Because we enjoy that oil quite a bit. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's a strong. Okay, my question to you: Do you think Obama would have backed down? Do you think Obama? Um, it, and I'm just saying Obama because he's the most recent president, but yeah. any other president. Do you think they, you know, your stereotypical standard U.S. Uh, stance on this and, and U.S. president, do you think they would um, put sanctions on Saudi Arabia for this? Or do you think Donald Trump just might be, I don't know. It's uh, in a weird it's way. It's complicated. like, in a weird way, it's like, is it, un- <laughs> don't catch me saying this ever again, but is it like unfair to put that on Donald Trump? Like at the, like, would Obama really have made a, such a different choice? Because I remember there's like a lot of times when Obama could have made a much stronger, stronger choice and he didn't necessarily do it. Because again, at the end of the day, it's all politics. It's all it is. a game, even though I we're mean, dealing with human lives. I mean, I think lives. when you're dealing, I think it's different when you're dealing with like missing journalists, though. I think like that's the yeah. main, that's like yeah, the main. Yeah, that's intense. Like I think if it was another citizen, right? Or if, you know, if it was, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Russia's been killing journalists left and right forever. You right. You right. It's, I mean, it's intense. I I also think there's like a there's a different standard put on countries in the Middle East, so to speak, just because mm-hmm. up, you know, we've had tensions with them since like right the 70s when we were dropping weapons in on them. Um, I mean, we, we we had a whole Cold War with Russia. <laughs> We did have a whole cold <laughs> Talking about Russia. tensions. Uh, yeah. No, but... But, I mean, I think, you know... Anytime I, anyone's murdered, it's bad. It's a journalist bad. Murdered. I think it, I think all situ... I think all situations being the same and, you know, just switch out Obama with... Or switch out Trump with Obama, I feel like 
just because of the scale that the story has reached and like the eyes, yeah. it would be really like it would be a bad political move to not impose <laughs> to like not impose some sort of sanction on Saudi Arabia, you know? Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. It's tough because at the same time, again, we, we've experienced sort of similar stories before, but it's sort of like at the same time, um, you know, politically within the country, um, does it matter? And this is depressing. I'm fully admitting this is very depressing, but your average Joe out there, your average... Yeah, I guess he might be right. Isn't like necessarily like, oh no, Obama didn't necessarily sanction Russia the right way for killing, you know, a dozen journalists. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's depressing. That's a, a, a sad thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like in a perfect world, we'd love for the U.S. to be... Uh, the country that stands for protection of the press, even though our president has a tenuous relationship with the press here. Anyways, um, it's like, I don't know, but also at the same time, it's like, what, you know, wh- where do we draw the line? Um, I don't know. This, it's just tough because Saudi it's Arabia tough. is so closely linked to our own country and we all enjoy the fruits of that relationship. You can't deny it unless you're driving a Tesla out here. Like you enjoy Saudi oil. Like, I'm sorry, but you do. Uh, and that's a hard, like it's a, it's, it's a hard truth. It's you a know? hard truth. Um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Um, you know, I it, it's, I don't know. I feel very bad for, um, you know, his fiance, his family. Um, and I feel very bad for journalists out there. It's always really sad. Um, you know, we hear, we hear it all the time. Um, especially close to home in Mexico where journalists are murdered by drug traffickers. Um, a lot. It's when a journalist is murdered, it is a, uh, not, not saying it's worse. It's always bad when you lose human life. Uh, but a journalist is someone out here trying to tell the truth. And when you try to silence the truth, it is a very damning and stark thing. And it does not leave me with pleasant thoughts about, um, you know, Saudi Arabian government. And that's, I don't know. I I feel like in the long run, that's not necessarily a good thing for a government. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like people are, you know, clamoring to go live in Russia. Um, I'm sure some are, you know, I might be wrong. I'm sure some are, but um, I don't know. That's just, it's sad. It's a sad thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that has been our very depressing uh, news segment for the week. Like I said, this was a news-focused episode. I feel like we need to give the listeners a more media-focused episode coming up soon. It's just been some hard news out there. Um, although the Elizabeth Warren situation, uh, I felt we could not ignore. We definitely needed to talk about that. Um, definitely right up our alley. Uh, but as always... Uh, we like to include a tell me something good. So this episode, like last one, we will end on a tell me something good, just so we end on a positive note. Um, so, and I actually don't know what your tell me something good is this week. We haven't even discussed this hey. at all. Um, and I don't think you know what mine is. Um, you will know it when I start telling you about it, but um, okay. Uh, Olivia, tell me something good. So this is an article I just found. Y'all, I'm trash. And I never have to tell me something good because every time I look at Google News, it's always depressing. But I did find this one story that um, a Berlin startup offered up a million dollars to buy um, around, I think it was uh, 40 meters of land, 200 hectare. 
Hecaters? Hec- Hecaters? Hecaters? Hectares? Hectares? Hectares. That, actually, that sounds right. That hectares. sounds right. Hectares um, of land in order to save an ancient forest from coal mining. Ooh, so this is a startup. An ancient forest. An ancient forest. Um, it has a it has some 12,000-year-old uh, trees in it. So very, very, very old. Isn't it wild to think that there's like ancient <laughs> forests out there? I know. That's like a weird thing to think about. It's so wild. That's, nature. Nature. You, nature perseveres, man. You wild. Do you remember that Stephen Colbert <laughs> segment? Nature, you scary. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> but yes, nature is scary, but also uh, magical and weird and crazy. Uh, but yes, that's awesome. That is um, great. Wait, so tell me about this. Like, tell me about this. This is like, what are they doing? This is awesome. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's a search engine called Ecosia. Okay. Um, and they've offered up one million pounds or euros, euros, okay. um, to save this forest. Um, where's where this forest? Um, it is out. It's where is it? It's in Germany. Okay. See, <laughs> that makes sense. When I think of like yeah. ancient forest, I do think Germany. There, yeah. it's up there. It's up there. It is in Germany. So it's probably like a castle somewhere deep in there, like an abandoned old castle. Yeah, so... Um, wow, you you are not a fan of castles. <laughs> I, sorry, I was not listening to what you were saying. Okay. Um, Your true but, colors have shown. I know. Uh, but basically, Akosha approached an energy firm called um, RWE mm. to buy the land. They had bought it back in the 70s um, for the equivalent of 500,000 pounds. So mm. not a lot. Um, and they had planned to cut down a majority of the forest, um, to mine coal. And Ecosia was just like, we'll actually pay you more money. We'll pay you more than it's worth. We'll so, pay you more than you bought it for. Yeah. And yeah, that's we'll a better take it, way of saying uh, it, not what it's worth. Yes. Yes. Um, it's priceless. Nature is priceless. Everybody protect priceless. nature. Yes. But, uh, they're like, we'll take it off your hands. Um, and I just wow. thought this was like a great environmental win. Yeah, um, no, the plan awesome. was to chop down a majority of the fo- forest and the startup whose focus is um, on sort of uh, nonprofit work. All of their profits go towards conservation initiatives anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was super rad that they yeah. were like, we going to buy this forest and keep it around because That's it's awesome. ancient. That is awesome. Yeah, an ancient forest. An ancient German forest. I love that. Um, of course, we also have ancient forests here in the Americas. Let, let us not forget. We um, do. We do. Uh, it's, it always blows my mind when I start thinking about, like, there's a tree that's been alive uh, for, like, the majority of like human like not human existence but majority of like modern recorded history you know what i mean that's like, why that's, that's like a crazy insane. thing to think about like that's that's crazy there's like a tree that was around during abraham lincoln that is still like strong around. is strong and healthy right now it's like um, in the middle of his lifespan i know that's like <laughs> it's not even like close to being done i know that's so crazy <laughs> um, and of course trees uh, and plants don't pers- as, as long as, as far as we know they don't perceive time uh, because they don't have a brain to perceive. But if they did, I wonder if like everything. Yeah, I wonder if everything's like 
either super fit like if it goes super quick or it goes mm. super slow i don't know hmm interesting uh i guess the closest thing we have i was to about to make a pocahontas reference and then i remembered the first half of this episode and i was like oh maybe not oh <laughs> maybe i should not do that oh yeah the, the uh grandma willow yeah grandma willow um <laughs> I was gonna make an. I was also gonna make a joke, but I don't remember what about. Uh, not about Pocahontas though. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, ancient trees. About Lord of the Rings. No, they're sentient the trees. Oh no, no, no. Okay, I wasn't even gonna make a joke at all. I was gonna say the closest thing we have to, like, old living things. Actually, I changed my answer. So I was gonna say a tortoise. Like, I guess, like, how do tortoises like perceive? Uh, time change because they can live up to like 200 almost 300 years old but then i realized there are lobsters out there that can literally live forever if they are not killed they can live forever they don't ever uh like get disease they don't die they just keep growing um and unless you catch them they live forever that's kind of crazy that is i did not know that and that is insane oh yeah and there's like this also there's this greenland shark that can live up to like 400 years old that's wild. There what? are old things out there. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm like a discovery. It's like this. Is I was about to say you're just, you just like keep spouting off facts about random animals, this and is, I'm like, what? This is the Discovery Channel portion of our show. Uh, anyways, Edgar's gonna on. have an animal corner where he just like spouts off. I do love facts. animals. When I was younger, let's get personal. When I was younger, uh, the first job I ever wanted to be was a biologist. Aww. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. All right. Uh, <laughs> Look at how far you strayed. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, okay, so uh, my tell me something good for the week is going to be um, personal. Mm, I normally, I haven't heard about this. I normally don't do uh, personal stories. Um, but anyways, uh, okay, let's just get into it. Uh, Olivia, as you know, um, some listeners may know, uh, I attended ACL Music Festival uh, this past weekend, weekend two, uh, here in Austin, Texas, where we record the show and where we live. Um, I got to attend it, and this year the main headliner was Sir Paul McCartney. Um, And if you know um, anything about uh, uh, the music that I love, I am a huge, huge um, Beatles fan. I love the Beatles. And I also just love Paul McCartney and I love Paul McCartney's solo work. Um, and I got to say, um, that the Paul McCartney show, um, I, it, it was, it was a very surreal experience for me and it made me very happy. And it's like, it's very strange because it's the first time in a long time when I've been, you know, thinking back, I'm like, Holy cow. Like I had an experience there. Like I had a moment of pure joy and pure happiness. And it's still like, I'm still thinking about it and it still fills me with joy. I feel like I've been in a better mood, uh, since I've seen, uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Like I haven't even been phased by any of the crappy news going on right now. Um, you're right in the high. I am. I am. Um, it, 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 it was so funny. So I, I went to the festival with my brother, um, and, um, and we also had some friends there, but, uh, my brother was <laughs> my brother after the show, my, my brother was like, I, and I've been to a lot. If another thing about me, I love live music. I go to a yes. lot of concerts, um, my brother and usually with my brother. Um, and my brother was like, I don't think I've ever seen you more excited or more active 
and jumping and just being crazy in a concert um, like ever as you were for Paul. And I was like, I didn't even think about it. I just like, I just reacted and I just did it. Um, I, Aww. dude, I'm gonna be real. I cried during the show. I shed tears during the show. I'm not, that like, does not surprise me. That is not, I'm a very emotional <laughs> person. Another thing about me, I'm very, emo- you're learning a lot about Edgar this episode. <laughs> this is the Edgar episode. Uh, the, we're peeling back the layers. Yes, we are. Uh, the shells coming out. Yes, uh, I cried. Uh, uh, he did uh, a song for John, which made me tear up, but then uh, he did a let it, let it Be, and um, I cried. Uh, I'm not talking like full-out ugly cry or anything, but my eyes got like watered. Like single-man tear. Like, let me wipe away the I mist. I don't even know if the tear <laughs> went all the way down my cheek, but, you know, there was waterworks. Waterworks were happening. Uh, and fireworks. There were a lot of fireworks. Pyrotechnics. <laughs> yes. The mark uh, of any headliner. Yes, and like... A lot of pirates. I don't think I've seen at that many fireworks at a festival. Like it was wild. It was like a Fourth of July spectacle. I was like, damn, it was crazy. Which is funny because Paul McCartney's British. Uh, yes, he is. Um, but the British also enjoy uh, fireworks. Um, uh, I, I just wanted to share that experience. It was an amazing show. Uh, if you ever have the chance to see Paul McCartney, if you have any inclination to see Paul McCartney. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, not to get morbid or anything. Paul McCartney is definitely older. He's old in age. Uh, and, and, and he's more advanced in age. I mean, and he is someone who I admire and I care about very, very much so. And he's someone I really, really wanted to see. I mean, this is like his last tour, right? Before it was too late. No, it's not his last mm. tour. It was. Uh, it was Paul Simon's last tour, ah. uh, who I've also seen live and was also a excellent show. And I think I was the youngest person in the whole stadium. You <laughs> mentioned that when you went. <laughs> when I saw him, I love uh, Paul Simon, but that's a, that's a that's for another. Tell me something good. Anyways, uh, but back to to a different Paul, Paul McCartney, the British one. Um, if you can, I highly highly recommend it. I know. Uh, it, I don't know. Uh, I guess the other thing for me, it was very special because it was in my hometown. And it was in, you know, the crown jewel of Austin, Zilker Park, and you're out, there's dragonflies, the stars are out, um, and, 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 you know, and you're with family and friends. It's like, it's very emotional, you know, and it's like you're seeing this artist who means so much to you and these songs that mean so much to you. And uh, you can't help but get like a little choked up, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. I love live music and um, for the experiences that it creates, and that has to be hands down one of my greatest concert experiences uh definitely my greatest acl experience um so i i'm just very thankful and grateful um and i highly recommend if you ever want to see paul mccartney definitely go if you can i know it can be expensive but it is well worth it what a freaking show dude like holy crap what a show um and he played oh he played some songs you would not think he would play he played some like deep cuts and you're like holy fuck like goosebumps uh so that oh that, shit. so that was awesome um but yes that's my uh tell me something good i'm just writing that paul mccartney high in wave um all right that has been our episode for the week um like i said this was a very po- politics heavy episode i think the last two have been very politics heavy 
so we may switch it up uh, uh, next week, depending on what happens. Get, <laughs> some, get some movies in there. Yeah, maybe some movies. Uh, some, some music. Other, some, some other media. Some tech. Uh, think, we'll do something. Yeah, we'll different. do something. Uh, uh, but of course, you never know with uh, uh, with the way the current state of politics. You, know. <laughs> you never know what may happen. Uh, but anyways, as always, um, you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And hopefully... On Spotify soon. Spotify has opened ding, 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 ding. their platform. Um, and of course, as always, uh, leave us a, a review. really means a lot to us. And especially on, um, I always say iTunes, but I need to correct myself, on Apple Podcasts. It's its own separate thing now. Uh, uh, recent change. So, you know, if you, you know, pew, pew, pew. If, if you have that app, leave us a review. Really, really means a lot to us. But also, not only that, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't normally do this. I didn't even prepare Olivia for this. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to spring it on y'all. Um, if you enjoy our show and you think our show is, you know, something meaningful to you and we have meaningful things to say, share the show with someone um, you care about or just someone. Just share the show. Share the show with someone personally. Tell them about the show. Um, it will really help us grow, um, but it'll, it'll also sort of connect them with somebody um, and that's really, you know, one of the missions behind the show is to give voices to people of color. And one of those ways to do that is to connect with people of all colors, creeds, races, heritage. Spread like wildfire. Yeah, spread like wildfire. Um, so I don't normally make that plea, but um, with all the recent things that have happened uh, um, in, in U.S. politics and also just because I'm a, an emotional wreck after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I am making that plea Aww, with uh, all girl. of you now. So please uh, share the show. Uh, we love making the show. Uh, uh, and of course, our show changes formats and, and ways all the time and we're still expanding and learning. Um, but we would love for more people to uh, listen to us. Um, anyways, that is our show for the week. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye.